Mama, I don't want to do extra math. Maybe you say, um, we could turn it into a game or make it more fun. Welcome to episode 18 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, our hosts talk about that common parenting frustration, getting your kids started on homework or chores, getting out the door for school, and transitioning from one task to the next. You'll hear about why these challenges occur and ways to help your kids get going. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, and behavioral challenges. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello and welcome to our 18th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of three. Hey, Angie. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Good. I feel like we haven't talked in a while, at least podcast yeah. talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. We skipped. We, we did. didn't have we one last month. last yeah. month for your big webinar. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. What's been going on in your world, in your part of the country, I should say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I will say that um, I just had vacation last weekend, so, well, a few days ago, so that's good. So I'm coming off of that, so I'm hoping my brain still works for today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> off of vacation <Yeah>. mode. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, great. We went up to North Florida, and it's funny because, you know, everyone thinks of Florida is, is hot all the time, but when you get... like toward North Florida, it actually cools down. So it was a little chilly some of those nights. So it was good. Ah, Sweat, Mm -hmm. dare I say sweater weather? Right. Yeah. And I brought like all tank tops and t-shirts and my friend (laughs) was making fun of me because she was like, Uh, you brought one sweater? And I was like, yeah, I just didn't expect it. So uh, (laughs) it's a shock to the system. It's nice though. Yeah. In in California, it, it was... Close to 90 degrees uh, oh. over the weekend and on Monday. Yeah, it's starting to cool down now. But wow. Yeah, my kids were actually swimming in the pool this weekend, oh. both days, Saturday and Sunday. And <laughs> mid November. Is it cold? Wow. That's it amazing. was freezing. But, oh, and, you but they don't care, right? Yeah. Yeah, they don't care. My son was asking <laughs> to go to the pool yesterday, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, it's. It's too cold. And he's like, it's hot outside. And I was like, I don't know. That that pool's gonna be cold. And he's like, Can I just go put my toes in? Like, All right. <laughs> so, yeah. I just let him cold. go. I just yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't mind. And then they jump out and they're all blue mm-hmm. and shivering. So Right, exactly. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, let's actually dive into our topic for today. This is a really popular one. We definitely mm-hmm. hear parents discussing this all the time with us. I know this is big in both of our houses too, oh, Kristen, yeah. which is task initiation. And what is that? That's kind of a a fancy way of saying getting started with a task or getting started with something, whether it's homework or getting started with chores or just something that you're asking your child to do. And oftentimes we talk with parents, they want to dive in. What am I going to do about this? My kid is really dragging their feet or dilly-dallying. That's what we say in our house with homework. Um, But (laughs) we have to kind of take a pause for a second and frame the problem. And so what we might mean by that is just what might be contributing to this dilly-dally or this difficulty getting started with tasks. So um, Kristen, I know you're going to kind of dive into some of those. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And just like really any other challenge that we talk about with our kids, really diving in and thinking, okay, well, why is this occurring? And there are many reasons why your child might not be initiating tasks when you ask them to. So we're going to go through some of those. And then, of course, we'll talk about some of the strategies for each of those. The first one being paying attention when you're explaining the task to them. So are they even listening to you? I think that mm-hmm. might be the, the first one to really think about, well, when I said that, were they even listening? And yeah. if maybe they were listening, but then thinking about, can they remember if there was a task, if they got distracted? So you said, hey, go get a shower. They get upstairs. They start reading books. You come back up. Maybe there's some difficulty there with working memory. So they forgot that they really were supposed to be getting a shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then <laughs> that one happens a lot in our house. Yeah. And then task preference. This one's really important. So thinking about if it's something that they don't want to do or it's not their favorite activity, there might be some of that dilly-dallying like Angie mentioned. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this isn't really what I want to do. So I'm going to try to delay the task as much as I can. Yeah. And then the last one, which I find to be pretty interesting, is thinking about past failures for your child. So if they historically have had a challenge with something like soccer or homework or a chore, then maybe they're not going to want to do that again. So it's they're trying to prevent getting back into it. And so therefore, we see maybe there's some some pushback when you ask them to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, those are good ones. I think that kind of encompasses probably – all or most of the reasons why mm-hmm. task initiation is a challenge right. in houses and schools and everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. And it's important to figure out why, which one of those it is. Maybe it's more than one because then you know which strategies you want to implement. Yeah, absolutely. This kind of goes along with some of the themes that we have woven in all of our podcasts, which as behavior analysts, that's a big part of what we do is trying to figure out the why the function mm-hmm. of the behavior. What's right. what's kind of, I guess, prompting these behaviors uh, to occur in the first place. So yeah, it is always good before you dive into strategies to take a pause and think about, well, what is causing this issue? And then you can address it from that that lens or that angle. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So let's, let's go into strategies for the first one you mentioned, Kristen. So if the challenge is paying attention when you're explaining the task. So... I would say first off, giving them a warning ahead of time. So a good one might be, okay, and, and I did this just yesterday. All right, everybody, we we got to do some errands after school. So we are going to start homework at three o'clock on the dot. Just letting you know now, if you want to get a snack, go, you know, relax, <laughs> go do what you need to do because it's coming. So usually yeah. give them a warning. Yeah, this one's so important, and I'm so glad that you mentioned this one first because this one gets missed a lot, I think. When I'm talking with parents and I say, well, let's think it through. Did you did you give a warning ahead of time before we mm-hmm. maybe had that abrupt change or that abrupt transition? And a lot of times it's like, well, no, because life is so busy, and we're like, no, yeah. i got to go do this now. And sometimes we have to take a step back and think, well, did I prepare my child for that, the task? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that kind of goes nicely into the next one too, which – is probably one of the more common ones. It's funny when, you know, when you observe a parent who's frustrated with this particular thing or um, they explain it to you, sometimes they don't realize that they are a big part of this equation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do this myself too. I have to catch myself, but it's not always on the kid. So as right. parents, we need to think about the delivery. How are we giving these instructions? And 
One biggie is capturing their attention first. So you give a warning and then you're getting ready to give an instruction. I've always said this to the parents that I consult with, which is if you're not ready to follow through and give a really clear directive, you probably shouldn't do it to begin Mm -hmm. with, right? Right. Um, So capture the attention first. And then um, that way you have a better chance of um, kind of seeing that task initiation occur. And something you can do to increase the chances that they're going to start is having them repeat the instruction back to you. That way you know that they heard you, they understood you, and it also helps to capture a little bit more attention too. Yeah. You know, my, ironically, my friend and I were just talking about this two days ago and we were talking about giving our kids instructions. She has two kids who are close in age to mine. And we were saying that sometimes we'll give an instruction and then they just kind of give you the blank stare, you know, like, (laughs) and I'm like, did you hear me? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. And so she had said that she tells her kids to at least say, okay, mommy, or okay, daddy, or I hear you, you know? Mm -hmm. So even at the very least, if, if you're not having them repeat back the instruction, at least them acknowledging that they heard you can go a long way. Right. Yeah. So it's a two kind of a two way street, right? It's mm-hmm. not right. Um, you just barking out directions and orders and just magically assuming that they are going to that they've heard you and that they're going to execute right. it and that everything's going to be perfect. Oftentimes with kids and teens, it doesn't always happen like that. So there are definitely things we need to do on our end. So the last one in this section, think about your proximity to your child or your teen and what they're currently doing, right? So are they watching TV? Are they playing video games? Are you yelling out, okay, come down for dinner? Um, You know, or, oh, you got to do your chores from another room. They're not hearing you. They're not seeing you. Um, You may be (laughs) part of the issue here, right? So think about getting closer to your child, maybe making eye contact, have them set down the gaming council for a second, So you can have an actual conversation where you know that they are paying attention to you before you explain that task. Yeah, all of them are are so important. And I like how you put them in order, you know, making sure you're giving a warning, getting their attention and thinking about where you are when you're giving Mm -hmm. an instruction. And I'm really guilty of that one, especially because I feel like I'm always just managing a lot of things at one time. So I'll just shout upstairs. (laughs) Definitely guilty of that one. I am (laughs) And then who knows if they hear me, right? Yeah. All right. So let's jump into the next one here. So if the challenge is remembering there is a task. So as I mentioned earlier, this one's usually the, the contributing factor here is their working memory. So some kids might have a di- have might, might have difficulty with their working memory. And certainly that's something that you'll want to work on separately. But some ways that you can help them with this would be to maybe use a visual support. So they don't have to rely so much on their memory. So you could use something like a schedule or visual schedule. I, I do this a lot with the parents that I talk with. I say, well, what about we if we get just a little picture schedule or a visual schedule or a written schedule of their morning routine? And what does that mm-hmm. look like? And can they maybe check those things off to so they know that they completed those? Yeah, that's, that's really great. important. Yeah. And then along with that, maybe using a timer. I I just had a call last week with family. We were talking about exactly this because the shower example I gave earlier, they had said they were like, okay, go upstairs and take a shower. And then they go upstairs and it's 15 minutes later and he's like reading books or something in his room. Mm -hmm. And and they said, hey, do you know what you're supposed to be doing? And he was like, what? (laughs) You know, (laughs) totally forgot that there was a task. 
And so mm-hmm. we talked about, well, you could use a timer for that. And I tell parents all the time, maybe set a timer for yourself to remember to go check on them. But also in this case, I said, what about if you give them an instruction, like go get a shower, and then you give them a timer that's already set for five or 10 minutes. And then you go on upstairs and you let him know, hey, when that timer goes off, that reminds you that you're supposed to be on task. And if you don't remember the task, then you can come and ask me. But that the timer is the cue there that there's something mm-hmm. that he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, it, that just made me think of something. Um, I love that. Something I could do with my kids too, actually, as I'm, <laughs> as I'm hearing you talk. What about, <laughs> yeah, a lot of families have those devices in, in their home. So that play music and, you know, the devices I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So um, asking the device to set a timer or to remind you in yes. 10 minutes to go and start a, a shower. I feel like that I do that myself too. And that could be something you could use all the way through, you know, your teens too, mm-hmm. um, as a, as a reminder to get started with something. Oh, totally. And and this is the same thing with, I'm sure a lot of parents are thinking about the shower and it taking 30 minutes. I get that one all yeah. the time. Like, why is my teen or why is my 10-year-old in the shower for 30 minutes? And how do I get them to, to do that faster? They just get distracted when they're in the shower. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'll say the same thing. Like, well, what about if you had music playing and they knew every time the song changes, that's a cue to transition to the next activity. And what is that? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're washing your hair. Oh, now you need to soap up and, and so on. So yeah. yeah, timers can be really helpful. Uh, so the next one here, removing distractions. So similar to to the one before that, if the books are the distraction, then we have to think about what are those things and are they getting in the way? And, and if they're getting in the way, can we maybe move those to another room, at least for the time being? We're going to talk about uh, maintenance and ways to, to kind of fade out some of these things later on. But to start, maybe we need to fade some of those things out of the environment to decrease the distraction uh, just to just to get it going. Yeah. Oh, this uh, is such a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so important. Yeah. Like if you're if the bedroom is full of toys, maybe we need to move some of those toys. So mm-hmm. thinking about things like that. What's what are the distractions? Definitely. And then another really important one to think about for your kids and, and also for yourself, <laughs> thinking about setting events. So when you're asking your child to do something, maybe it's their homework or a chore or or whatever it might be that you're, you need them to do, are they tired? So are they hungry? Are they, you know, what are what are the other things that might be going on that could be contributing to the, the inability to get started and do it right away? So, you know, if you're asking them to start something at like, let's say 9 p.m., but they've had a really long day, well, then you might get a little bit more pushback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we talked about that during another, during another podcast, we talked about setting events. I feel like that comes up quite often. Yeah. Well, it's it's a concept that can be applied to so many of the different challenges that parents are having. Right. And it's, yeah, I think it's a good reminder. I'm glad that you brought it up again. A lot of these things are just kind of intertwined. Mm-hmm. So right. again, yeah, exactly. it, it's more about, it's again, it's more about us, right? As the parents mm-hmm. before thinking about yeah. the... <laughs> well, I don't know if we mention it later on here, but but something that I was thinking about with setting events and why I said like, oh, think about yourself, because I think I, I have, we bring it up later as well, but 
and making sure that how you're feeling at a certain time. So yeah. if it's like nine o'clock at night, do you want to be helping with homework at nine? Well, if not, then we have to somehow try to wiggle that in there somewhere or mm-hmm. other, you know, another time so we can all avoid doing it at that time. So definitely it's really important to pay attention to. And then, so the last one here for rem- the challenge with remembering the task is keeping your instructions to a minimum. So if you're not using some sort of visual support, make sure that you're only maybe giving one, two, maybe three instructions at a time. So we're not listing Mm -hmm. off a ton and then expecting them to use that working memory to remember everything they need to do. Yeah. So, so important. Yeah. Sometimes with the younger kids too, reducing the amount of words that we use Mm -hmm. can be helpful too. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. We are just kind of whizzing through these. We are onto our third one already. This has to do with if the challenge is task preference and motivation. So this is definitely a big one. We see this a lot in school too. I hear teachers talking about this. Um, You know, kids can be really focused and whiz through all their stuff and get right to it for certain things and then for other things, not so much. So Mm -hmm. one answer might be they're not motivated. They don't want to do it. They don't like to do it, right? So one of the things we can do first is identify our kids our kids' interests and use that to help drive some motivation. Maybe you can use some things as what we call exclusive reinforcers for completing so, or getting started, mm-hmm. I should say, with some of those more non-preferred tasks. That's going to be a big one too. And we talk about that all the time. Know what your kid likes, what kind of motivates your child, and use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm, and uh, right. you might even want to create a formal positive reinforcement system. So for example, if you say, hey, if you get started with your homework without being asked every day at three o'clock or so, then on the weekend we can do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Maybe have uh, what we call a behavior contract in place too. So you're actually writing it out and your child's got the buy-in or your teen has buy-in, you guys decide together. Uh, maybe tie it back in, Kristen, to what you were saying before, the visual schedule. So let's write it out. When are we going to start these things? Or when are we going to start chores? When are we going to get going with that stuff? Write it all out. And maybe you tie some positive reinforcement to that too in your contract. Um, yeah. This is so important. And I I think one of the things to highlight here is just this proactive approach. And I know, mm-hmm. of course, we, we talk about it all the time, but it's so important to lay it out there and say, this is our goal. This is what we're looking for. I know it's not your favorite task, um, but this is how we're going to get this done. And so we're being proactive versus reactive. So yep. everyone, don't mind my um, my leaf blower. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself <laughs> while you jump <laughs> to the next one. Oh, never fails. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a good point, right? So thinking about being proactive rather than getting into a back and forth or a fight or just causing more stress for us parents. Um, so think about ways that you know, if motivation is involved, that you can get that motivation higher and and maybe integrate some reward systems in there. And then for the little ones too, I would say using a first then statement could be helpful. So, okay, first clean up toys, then we can play Play-Doh together, something like that. So based on what you were saying earlier, Kristen, using Mm -hmm. uh, kind of shorter sentences, fewer instructions, this can be really nice for the younger ones too, just first then. 
All right. Our next idea that we came up with uh, together is getting it done right away and then getting it over with. That's kind of a rationale that (laughs) works for Mm -hmm. some kids and not for all. It usually works better for older kids, but kind of explaining that, right? So get it, get it out of the way, get it done now. Or some kids actually do better if they get a break first. Um, I've noticed this more and more. I tend to be a let's get done with the non-preferred stuff, get started with it, get it out of the way. And so I can enjoy things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, one of my kids is the opposite. So she comes home. She doesn't want to start right away. She needs a break. She needs to relax, get a snack. <laughs> so just thinking about mm-hmm. what works best for your child, knowing your child best, and and maybe even deferring to them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And this is what I was thinking of earlier about knowing what you can follow through with because mm-hmm. I have a family that I talk to pretty regularly, and we talk a lot about this because – Her kids will come home from school, but she's not able to, they're a little bit older and she has a schedule for them, but she's not able to monitor it. And Mm -hmm. so what we, we came up with is said, okay, well, let's do this. Let's let him have a little bit of free time because you're not able to monitor it. He wasn't getting it done and she wasn't able to, to really follow through. So I said, let's allow him to have a little bit of a break. And then when you can be consistent and follow through, then we'll have him do his work. So, Mm -hmm. and, and that's worked really well. So I think it's important too to not only think about your child, but also what you're able to manage. Yeah, that's great. That's another really Mm -hmm. great reminder on the parent side of things. Right. Yeah. All right. See, let's see what else we got here. So give your child choices. This Mm -hmm. is going to be another really important one. (laughs) We hear about this or we talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Another one of those interwoven themes through all of our discussions. But asking your child, do you want to do X or do you want to do Y first? Or I should say kind of get started with this or that first. So mm-hmm. getting giving choices, getting your child's buy-in. And then the last one, I, I like this. I do this with my kids too a lot, which is normalize it. Things like, I, uh, I know this isn't your favorite activity, but it's important for you because you got to test tomorrow, right? So you got to get started <laughs> right. with the studying or – Let's let's get it going. Let's get it started, and it'll you'll be better off later. One of my um, uh, daughters, because of the the pandemic, what the teacher does is if they don't get a, a grade that they are happy with, they can do corrections, and then they can hmm. turn it in for they can get half credit on the ones that they oh, missed, nice. which is kind of nice. It's a way yeah. to kind of just make ups for some of the the learning, you know, mislearning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I definitely normalize that. I, I'll say. Oh, I don't want to do, you know, I wouldn't want to do that either. That's hard, but it is important for, you know, understanding the concept and learning the concept. So if we can just get it done now, then, you know, you can have the rest of the weekend to, to just relax and and hang out. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of normalizing it and uh, also bringing in some of that rationale too, uh, that we talked about earlier. Yeah. It's funny. You, we talk about this one because I just had a call this morning <laughs> with a parent and we were talking about exactly this. And and so for all of our parents listening, this is very typical. I, th- I think avoiding tasks and, and finding motivation or lack thereof is, is pretty common. And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, as Angie mentioned, we talk with families about this all the time. And one thing that we talked about for this child in particular is what if we had throughout the, we wrote out the week and we said, here are all of your 
favorite things that you're doing this week. And here are all of your not so favorite things that you're doing. And maybe Mm -hmm. we circle those. We say, okay, let's circle all the ones that aren't your favorite. But when we complete them, let's highlight those. And then once you highlight all of those, well, then maybe we get a reward on the weekend. So we're really mm-hmm. highlighting the that we don't really like to do it, but we're going to do it anyway. And then we can add in that motivation at the end of the week. Ooh, and I, I like told that. the mom to do it for herself too. So she could model <laughs> that and say, look, see, here's all the things that I do that I don't want to do. I don't want to do the dishes, but I, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> now mm-hmm. we're all going to go get ice cream on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's kind of a nice refresh to Uh some of the strategies that we've been using for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Get get all my my stuff done so I can binge watch Netflix. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. So moving on to the last one here. So this one is, so if your child has a challenge starting something, and maybe it stems from difficulties with that particular task in the past. So really, now we're, we're kind of battling history here. So mm-hmm. they historically have a hard time. And so, yeah, it makes sense that they're like, nope, I don't want to do that. That didn't go very well for me before. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that you could try is We'll first acknowledge it. And so you know that you're going to then help your child get started. So you could say, again, kind of using what we talked about in the last tip. Yeah, I know it's not your favorite. You're maybe you're nervous. This isn't going to go well. But how about if I help you? If I help you get going, mm-hmm. how does that sound? And so really being there as a support tool for your child to get them started. Yeah, that's a good and, point. And sometimes it's yeah. just getting them over that hump, right? Right, just, exactly. Yeah. It is. And I think sometimes, and, and, you know, it's probably like this, at least it is for me, like kind of going sidebar here to like working out. You know, I'm like, if I just <laughs> get myself there, then I'll feel good about it. But it's getting there that is always the issue for me and yeah. probably a lot of people. Yeah. So keeping that in mind. Um And then similar to what we talked about way earlier is thinking about what your child is doing ahead of time. So if they're playing video games and now we're asking them to transition to something that is their least preferred activity, then we might need to put a neutral activity in there. So something easy for them to do. So Mm-hmm. Maybe they're transitioning to their homework, but maybe we could they really like puzzles. So we could say, all right, well, let's do a puzzle that gets onto the table and then we could start our homework. So something like yeah. that just to help That's them great. get started. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next one is helping them keep track of their homework materials and deadlines. And this is so that they feel more prepared. So they have a little bit of a a less response effort there. And the way that I look at this one, and I mention this a lot during the the big webinar I host every year for Rethink, is saying something like, you know, think about yourself. Again, thinking about you as as an adult, when you have a lot of things to do, you might just freeze up. (laughs) And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, I've got this and this and this. And and it's hard. you're, You're finding it hard to even get started. And so if your child is like that as well, then maybe we need to help them kind of break that down a little bit and say, oh, these are all the things we need to do. Here's your here's everything in one spot. And maybe we write a little schedule for them to just to help them get started and get going. Yeah, that's great. I love that one. Yeah. And then another one, making sure to set goals. So we talk a lot about goal setting, but but here we're the goals can be really helpful, particularly for kids who might have had a hard time with something in the past. And this happens a lot in our house and with my oldest thinking about 
getting started on something that maybe he's really nervous about. And so, okay, maybe trying soccer or trying t-ball or, or whatever it might be and saying, well, you know, that, that was really hard the first time you tried a new thing, but how about this time? We'll say, let's just try it for three classes. And then you can tell me how you feel. We can talk about it, but you're really setting the expectation, acknowledging it was a challenge in the past, but setting the expectation for the future. Yeah, that's nice. I haven't really thought of it that way, but you're right. It's not these sort of task initiation strategies can be generalized to experiences too. Mm -hmm. They don't just have to be a task like homework, a non-preferred task, chores, things like that. But it can also be, yeah, classes, sports, things where kids might be hesitant by saying, okay, let's, I, I think maybe what you're saying is, relieving the pressure that, oh gosh, I'm gonna have to commit forever or it might be scary. Mm -hmm. It's just, I could just do it, but I don't have to stay there forever. I can just try it out a little bit first and kind of do a test run. Yeah. And it's so in similar to what I just mentioned with going to the gym and working out, it's like, but then I get there and I'm, I'm great. And I'm like, yeah, let's keep doing that. And so it's really keeping that in mind. Like, you know, that your child probably, unless it's just a totally non-preferred sport, maybe they just don't enjoy it. But if it's really Mm -hmm. the the pressure of getting started, trying something new, we get them going and trying it, then, then yeah, they might be like likely to say, wow, that was really great. And I'm, I'm thanks mom, dad, uh, you know, for making me do that. Yeah. Yeah. So those goals, those goals definitely mm-hmm. make sense in this case. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then, oh, and then similar to, to what I just mentioned, helping to remind your child of, of previous wins. So they may have started off unsuccessful with something, but say, oh, but, but that ended, that, that went really well. And you could attribute this to really anything like we had just mm-hmm. mentioned, but even if you're thinking about schoolwork, so you, you studied for a test, it didn't go very well, but the next time you studied a little bit more and then you got an A or you mm-hmm. got a B and you were really proud of that. And, and so we can pull from some of those experiences and help your child see that they do have what the last episode, our growth mindset episode, like you, yeah. you can't do that yet. Or maybe that didn't go as well as you wanted it to, but you can pick yourself up and, and then, and then try it again and, and maybe do better the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one, I I think to go along with everything we've talked about and probably all of our episodes, but praise what you want to see. So in this case, we want to see task initiation. So there are going to be times when your children start something on their own. And that is what we want to praise. I think I say that's the sweet spot right there. You want to go in and say, oh, you did it. Oh, I love how you're unloading the dishwasher. And I didn't even have to tell you or look at you coming home and getting started on your schoolwork. So those types of things, we definitely want to praise when they are initiating those tasks. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a perfect segue actually into what we want to talk about now, which is maintenance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how do we, after we've taught the skill and kind of reinforced it, how do we keep it going? Mm -hmm. How do we prevent it from falling off? (laughs) Right? So maintenance, one of the things that we can consider is fading out our reinforcement. So you're praising your child, you're doing rewards, maybe it's just verbal, you're acknowledging it. And then we want it to just become automatic. So We do need to think about fading out rewards and also fading out just our prompts or the supports. Mm -hmm. 
So maybe they're not getting some sort of reward for initiating their homework anymore. It's just a requirement. It's just an expectation. And then rewards can be happening maybe more sporadically or after a longer duration of time, like for getting a good report card or something like Mm -hmm. that. Right. And uh, when it relates to prompts or supports, maybe some verbal reminders, instead of saying, it's three o'clock, so Jordan, go start your homework now, it could be, hey, Jordan, what are you supposed to be doing right now? Or, huh, looks like it's three o'clock, and kind of giving an expected glance. So that's Mm -hmm. a kind of a way to to start to fade it out, or it might be, hey, I'm going to go take a look at uh, the schedule. Or even what I like to do sometimes is I make it about my schedule and say, okay, I'm going to go check my schedule, see what I need to be up to right now. <laughs> a little model <laughs> and then it, in there. <laughs> yeah. Then it kind of kicks them in gear. Uh, like, oh, I should be, what am I supposed to be doing right <laughs> now? I'm so, doing that too. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talked about this a long time ago and I'm having flashbacks to a, an episode. I don't remember, maybe it was last year, but, but, um, I I like your idea of kind of fading those supports out and fading those out gradually and giving your child a reminder, but, but maybe you then just fade out those reminders to like every other afternoon or at the end Mm -hmm. of the week or, you know, so thinking about that's another way to, to kind of say like, all right, I'm going to see how they do today. Let me just, let me just see. And you're not just pulling it cold Turkey, but maybe the next day you're, you're there to swoop in and, and, and support them. But sometimes it's, it's nice to give a little test run and say, okay, Mm -hmm. I don't remind them. Hmm, Let's see if, let's see if they get started. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then something else that you said that was really important is making sure that, that we, again, great, uh, faded out gradually, but not just think, oh, that worked. And then we just remove it. Because it's like, well, that worked. I don't need to use that visual schedule anymore. But it's like we sometimes forget like, oh, the positive impact that schedule was actually having on them completing Mm -hmm. it. So there's lots of ways that you can fade out a schedule. But one one thing off the top of my head is maybe we have the schedule there and we erase every other task. So then your child has to rely on their working memory and think, okay, wait, I got dressed. Now what's next? What was here? So you're Mm -hmm. kind of, they're having to think about what was that schedule. So think about ways to just all, any support that you implement here that you fade them out before just removing them cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Or even mixing and matching, I'm thinking, too, allowing your child to, after a while, doing it the same way. If they want to mix it up, they want to change the order, you know, let them do that. As long as they're starting, you know, with their tasks, let them kind of play around with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. Have them write it out, maybe, too. So, all right, you write out your schedule for this week, and how how are you doing with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Should we do a little quick recap before we go into our last little segment? Yes, because I feel like we gave a lot of tips. <laughs> so yeah. let's go back through those. Just a quick recap. All right. So strategies for that first concept, if the challenge is paying attention when you explain a task. So giving warnings or a heads up ahead of time that they're going to start doing something capturing their attention first and maybe asking them to repeat it back and thinking about your proximity. So, and also what are your kids doing at the moment Mm -hmm. that you tell them they got to start doing something? Mm -hmm. And if the challenge is remembering that there is a task because maybe they're getting distracted, 
Think about using some visual supports or timers for them to help them remember what they're supposed to be doing. Removes those distractions. So figure out what's getting in the way and then can we remove those? Think about setting events and keep your instructions to a minimum. So don't give them too much instruction at once. Mm -hmm. Good ones. Mm -hmm. If your child's challenge is that they just don't want to start, they don't like it, (laughs) they're not motivated. Um, Identifying what your child is motivated by and maybe using that to help them get going could be something. Create some sort of formal positive reinforcement system. Use a behavior contract or even first-then statements. Uh, Getting to know how your child ticks, right? So does your child um, do better by getting it done right away, getting it out of the way, or do they need to have some wind-down time after school, for example, and take a break? Give your child some choices. Do you want to do X or Y first? And then normalize it. Yeah, I know. I don't love doing chores either, but let's just get it done so we can go and hang out. Mm -hmm. Good ones. And then lastly, if the challenge stems from difficulties in the past. So if it was a challenge previously, you could help your child get started or help them keep track of their homework materials and deadlines because maybe it's it's too complicated and, and they just can't get going because they're they're overwhelmed. You could help them set goals for themselves and that can pertain to schoolwork or social interactions or sports. And remind your child of previous wins. So things that they may have had a hard time with in the past, but then they did really well and, and keep, maybe write those down so you can use those as reminders. And then praise task initiation. So what we've been talking about this whole time, what do we want to yep. see? We want them to start a task. And so let's make sure that we praise that when it happens. All right. Yes. Good stuff. Lots Should good we ones. go into bring back our real talk with oh, real yes. moms? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had like 10 things today, so I had to narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, we kind of go got out first. of practice with this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We, <laughs> we um we had inter we interviewed some teen moms mm-hmm, recently right. and we just kind of this uh we're gonna bring it back this real talk mm-hmm. with real moms so task initiation is a big problem with one of my kids and not a problem for my other kids so <laughs> for. <laughs> yeah so getting ready for school just takes a lot of coaxing and it's not that it's not interesting or not motivating for her. She just, she gets to side to track. She sees something. She's got a halfway completed project or she goes and plays with the hamster. We got a new, oh, new hamster. hamster. Yeah. So Cute. yeah. Pumpkin. We got him oh. on oh uh, Halloween. So yeah. That's so such a cute name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's tending to pumpkin and of course. basically doing everything <laughs> except getting ready for school. Um, so this is this is hard, but laying out the schedule I think is helpful, especially if it is more motivating. So tonight is the first basketball practice. Um, they had their their quote unquote draft earlier last week, and it's been a long time since we've played uh, in a league because of COVID. So we're back at it again. So I I know that reminding her of things she has in the afternoon will really help her start with homework and chores. And then another thing that my husband actually implemented, um, I was pretty impressed with this, is he said, look, everybody, if you guys get dressed, do make your lunch, 
put your water bottle and your snack in your backpack, uh, do your teeth, you know, the basically the morning routine, you can watch one educational show before school. All those things have to be complete, completed first. And mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of screen time in the morning, but I am willing to give it a try to see how it works. And of course, <laughs> it worked like a charm <laughs> the first day it was implemented. Yeah, it was on a Friday. So then you know, we didn't do it on, on Saturday and Sunday, but right. it, it did actually work like a champ. Um, and um, yeah, so it worked great on Friday. We did it yesterday, Monday, and she didn't do everything. She popped down and she likes to watch the show Brainchild, I think it is, where they talk oh. about different different concepts and there's some science stuff in there. It's pretty oh, cool. cool. Yeah. And she didn't actually do everything. And I think it was pretty shocking to her or pretty jarring when we turned the TV off and said, oh, well, <laughs> you didn't do everything. And she kind of looked at us like, oh, you you guys are really serious about this. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, so today worked great again because she knew that we were going to be consistent with that. And um, yeah, so that might be something that we try out for a while, see how it mm-hmm. works. Um, but certainly I think that it has a lot of potential. So that's yeah. just a fun thing to share. Well, and a couple things with that, you know, you pointed out a lot of stuff that that we talked about. And, and first, you know, finding her motivation, what motivates her and, and, and maybe mm-hmm. what motivates her isn't your favorite thing <laughs> for her to do. Yeah. But, it, you know, it was like, well, let's give it a go. Let's see how it how it works out. And then second, you held her accountable, which I think a, we mentioned this mm-hmm. a lot, but only choose something that you know that you can stick to and and hold, be accountable to. So yeah. had you let her continue watching the TV, then there you go. You lose all your credibility and and then it's not going to be as effective. So it was good mm-hmm. that, that you were like, well, unfortunately, you got to go finish, <laughs> finish what you need to do. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then it worked next time. So yeah, definitely. I was thinking about it and I I didn't love the idea of you know screen time as I said but our mornings were just so chaotic and stressful and so I actually I'm happy that my husband came up with this idea mm-hmm. because now we don't have to bark out orders and kind of you know run around the house and she's running around the house at the very end she actually just gets started with her morning routine quickly and efficiently and so it's a lot more peaceful in the mornings mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah. I'm going to give yeah, it a go. I love that. You'll have to keep me updated on how it's yeah. going. I want to know um, and how you fade it out. <laughs> yeah. No. We'll, maybe we'll we'll check back in in a few months and let everybody know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I have a couple examples, but I'll just stick with one. So it always tends to be my oldest is my... Um, Oh, my my little avoider, and he is so good at it. So anyone that's consistently listened to our podcast, you know that my little Parker is finds ways to to really avoid schoolwork, homework, and and even things that he enjoys, which is which I find to be pretty interesting. But so yesterday, perfect example. So as I had mentioned, I was on vacation, but I got back yesterday, and and my youngest, my little my little guy who's six months, he actually was sick, so. I had to take care of him all day. So I was a little bit preoccupied. And so when my oldest got home from school, he just was able to play and do what he wanted to do. So he did not start his homework right away. And so because we had that big lag time in between, when I tried to get him to transition to his homework, I mean, you should have seen this Mm -hmm. meltdown. It was so, so intense. And he was, he was saying what I, I hear a lot of parents say to me all the time. And, and there was like, my kid said, 
I'm never going to give you another hug, you know, like something just so <laughs> irrational. So he, he ran over to the back door and, and I was just asking him just to get started on his homework. And he said, I am never going to give you any more hugs ever again. And even if I come home and I see you, I'm not going to hug you. And he oh. ran and he just ran out the back door, which it's fenced in. And he just ran all the way, ran outside. And he just kind of stood there and just waited to see what I would do. <laughs> and so, you know, we've got a history of tantrums with him and, and he knows that I'm usually not going to respond and I just let him calm down. And, and so what happened was I just kind of left him alone. And of course I was with the baby. So I was doing some stuff. And then eventually mm -hmm. he was just kind of standing in the backyard, looking through the window, like waiting for me to come it's over. Dark. Uh -huh. <laughs> He's like, is she going to respond to me? So eventually I kind of like peeked over and he just kind of looked at me and he's like, and I'm like, you can come in now. And so we came in and then I just went ahead. I pulled the homework up again and I said, okay. And I, I said a lot of what we just talked about earlier, like, look, I know it's not your favorite thing to do, but once you get started, you really love it because it's, it's this like educational it's called like I ready and it's, mm -hmm. it's actually really cute and they have like little characters in there and it's, it's funny. And so I was like, mm -hmm. once you get going, you're, you're fine. It's just a matter of right now. You don't, you don't want to start on it, but let's get started. And I, I did exactly that. I opened it up with him and I said, okay, mm -hmm. let's click on math. Let's look at the first one. And I'm, and I just said, oh, well, that's easy. You know how to do that one. And just built it, you know, kind of get it, got him motivated a bit. And then he did the mm -hmm. first one, he got it right. And then, and then that was it. And then he did the whole thing and it's only 15 minutes. And so he, he was fine and, and he did it and, and it was no issue, but it's just every now and then. And I think it's, that's why we had mentioned earlier, paying attention to those setting events. And in this case, he just had too much lag time where he didn't have yeah. to do anything. And then I'm asking him to transition to his least preferred thing. And then of course we get that meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, it sounds like it ended yeah. up going well and yeah, tapping into that behavioral momentum, get just mm -hmm. kind of getting that momentum going and that's kind of seems like that's all he needed. Right. So, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for joining. Um, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for joining us for our 18th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Our next episode will be another really good one on time management and prioritization. So definitely tune into that one. And until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Benefits. Find out more about Rethink at RethinkBenefits.com. You can find past podcast episodes under the resources tab. We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day.